For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word and thrive in Christian living. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. And I'm so excited to tell you about our brand new in-depth Bible study academy. Have you always wished that you knew how to study your Bible in-depthly for yourself, but you just don't have time to go to Bible college? Well, join us this year as we adventure through 12 different courses designed to give you the background and the tools to study the Bible for yourselves. You can find out more information about the Academy on our website at coffeeandbibletime.com. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about breaking free from the exhausting cycle of trying to be good enough. You know, many of us have been caught up in the cycle of striving to please God and striving to please others through our own strength and through our own works and good deeds. Well, ultimately, we let someone down or we feel like the works just aren't doing simply enough to measure up to the standard that we have imagined it takes to win God's love and approval. Well, our guest today, Caitlin Garrison, knows the struggle of trying to please God very well and is here to remind us that we can be confident in our standing with God, not because of the good things we can do for him, but because of the finished work of Jesus who has already done the work on our behalf. Caitlin is a 20-something gal who has been gripped by grace in ways that she still can't get over. Her passion is to see women of all ages living in the freedom that God created them for. Caitlin is a wife to her fiery red-haired husband, Lance, a brand new mama, so exciting, an educator, lover of all things creative, and an author. Her book is called Sweet Relief, How the Gospel Frees Us from the Life of Striving, which encourages women to take a fresh look at the gospel of Jesus and how this good news sets us free in every area of our lives. Please welcome Caitlin. Woohoo! It is so exciting getting to be on this podcast with you. Oh, thank you, Caitlin, so much for joining us. You know, your book, I just feel like is so relevant for this generation. In fact, a quote from your book that I think describes so many of us says, all I'd ever wanted was to be good enough, good enough for people, friends, superiors in my community. And I just thought that quote so reflects like what many of us are striving to do. Tell us how this type of a mentality led you to want to write on this topic of freedom from a life of striving. Yeah. So kind of my story for, for many years, I lived with this belief that in order for God to accept and approve and come close to me, then I had this laundry list of things that I had to do in order for this to happen. And so in other words, I thought that the more things that I did for God, the more things or the more I would need to God. 
And so I was involved in tons of ministries. I was very rigid in my Bible reading and prayer and not really out of this place of freedom and confidence, but out of guilt and out of fear. Um, I had this internal drive of, I need to be good enough for God. And so I was also seeing this in, in my friends and in, in the church circles I was running with, where a lot of people were operating in this similar fashion of just doing a whole lot of things in Jesus name in order to check boxes, right. Rather than doing said things from this place of freedom. And so about seven years ago, um, I had this really sweet encounter with the Lord and I felt him impress on my heart that I was in rebellion to his love. And if you've heard anything about what I've just said, I'm like, rebellion? What are you talking about? And so I was really baffled by what those words meant. And so I spent some time really asking him to show me. And he showed me that in my effort to be enough for him, I had actually rejected the love and the grace of God because I was trying to earn it. Um, mm -hmm. And so this sent me on this seven year journey of like relearning the gospel and understanding the basis of salvation and what it looks like to live in freedom and grace that Jesus paid for us to have instead of running for it and striving for it. And so just as I walked through that healing journey, I wanted other people who were stuck like I was to know that there is freedom in following Jesus. And so that is why I wrote Sweet Relief was um, just this call for freedom because it's, it's beautiful and we don't, I don't want anyone to miss out on it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it sounds like almost that this is something that can just it, it, it like creeps in and you don't even realize it. Yep. Like you said, like you were kind of taken off guard, right? When uh -huh. you realized that that was going on in your life. Absolutely. What does striving look like in the life of a believer, not only in yourself, but what have you also seen in others? Sure. Well, this kind of little descriptor has really helped me identify when I'm striving in my own life, but also that other people can use. But I think the heart of striving is essentially boiled down to this motive to earn, right? It's anytime we're trying to earn something from God when, when we've actually already been given it in Christ. And so I think just a couple examples, it could look like saying yes to too many things because you think that God will be more impressed with you, right? The more you take on, um, I think it looks like many things like prayer, Bible reading, going to church, doing those things out of this place of guilt, because maybe you feel like you've disappointed God um, and you're doing these things to somehow even out the balance and come back into his good graces. Um, but, and lastly, I think it just looks like basing your worth on what you can do for God, right? All the things that you can do rather than what he's already done for you. Mm -hmm. So those are just a couple of things I've seen in my own life and in others' lives that um, I think really really so striving in our hearts yeah, and our lives. Yeah. And as I was reading um, how you were describing it, the book too, I was just trying to think of myself and, and see, you know, in what areas have I been caught up in that as well? And yes, mm -hmm. you can be, start to get involved in so many things uh -huh. that, um, you know, you really hope you're doing good, but at the same time, um, like you said, are we really, what, for what reason are we doing it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I see the phrase, I am enough. It seems like that's mm -hmm. um, everywhere now on mugs, t-shirts, and signs in the internet everywhere. Mm -hmm. You wrote that the words, I am not enough, 
are what actually brought you freedom. So that's kind of a countercultural thing. So tell us a little bit more in depth about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some hate mail on that one, (laughs) but it is, it's, it's so against all the mantras and everything. I do want to start off with this disclaimer. Um, when I talk about the idea of enough, I'm not necessarily talking about like our intrinsic value as humans, right? We're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. When I talk about being enough, I'm talking about it in the sense of sufficiency. So like in the sufficiency to save ourselves, mature ourselves and be self-sufficient in every situation. So when we feed ourselves this idea that I'm enough to be, I'm enough or I'm sufficient all on my own, then we're setting ourselves up for a life of striving. Because the truth is, is that we were designed to need God. And when we come up against inadequacy or opportunities or circumstances where we're lacking in our own strength, then there's this beautiful invitation that stands there um, that we're going to miss if we try to strive for it or try to prove our own sufficiency and our own enough with or our own enoughness. Um, and so I think those moments are just an amazing opportunity to confess you know what, God, I'm coming up so short in this situation. I need help. And instead we can rely and depend on the spirit of God who is enough for us in any situation that we face. And so that phrase, I am not enough brings freedom because it allows us to walk in our God-given identities that recognize I'm in a partnership here, right? It's not just me, it's Christ in me. And so while I may not be enough on my own in this situation, Christ in me is, and I get to be a firsthand witness of his sufficiency. And so does everybody else watching me. They get to see him too. And so that brought me freedom instead of just trying to prove I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough to go, you know what? I'm really not. And I need help. (laughs) And it's, it's a way more free way to live. I'll tell you that. Yes, Yes. Yes. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Absolutely. And it, it reminds me of the passage that talks about how. Um, we know that God is the one doing the work when mm-hmm. it's our weakness and his yeah. strength. So yep. it really gives you an opportunity to see him shine, but allow yes. you to also be kind of a vessel of his work at the same time, which is so yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, we strive to be enough in many areas of our life. And for some of us, even in our relationship to God, as we've talked about. But Mm -hmm. when we really believe um, that we have to be enough for God, we can end up with what you call this work to earn mentality. Mm -hmm. Tell us how that, 
operating system works and um, how maybe you, you felt kind of drawn into that. Yeah. So kind of at the beginning of the podcast, we're talking about what striving boils down to, which is earning. Um, And I took that idea from one of my favorite quotes. Um, It's by Dallas Willard. And he writes that grace, grace is not opposed to effort, but it's opposed to earning and earning is an attitude and effort is an action. And so I talk a lot about this work to earn mentality in the book, but when you have this work to earn mentality, you're doing a whole bunch of things in Jesus name in hopes to earn something from him, be it through spiritual disciplines, doing good things, ministry, whatever. You're doing all these things to earn his favor, his pleasure, his acceptance and his approval. But but what I, what I love about this quote is that it reminds us that it's not the work itself or the effort that's bad. It's the motivation because if Mm -hmm. our motivation is to try and earn something from God, then we've missed it. We've missed the gospel because if there was something that we could earn from God, then Jesus's sacrifice served no purpose. And so um, in our Christian walker, Paul calls it a race, but um, in our walker, our race, if earning is our fuel, then we are one, we're running in vain. And two, we're running in the name of a dis- different gospel where Jesus is not at the center of it. And so um, I think a better mindset that we can have is that we aren't running to earn acceptance, but that we're running out of a place of freedom and acceptance. And so we run in these good things that God has called us to from this heart that's secure and rooted in the work of Christ. And we still actively walk and we do make effort in Jesus's practices or spiritual disciplines, but not because we're trying to earn something from um, him by doing them, but because when we make practice of these things, we become like him. We get to know him and enjoy him. Um, and so this looks like showing up and using your gifts and walking in the things that God has called you to, not because you earn anything by doing it, but because God has this unique purpose, placement, and plan for your life. And we get to partner with him in that good work. And so that mentality will keep us from running in the freedom that we're making. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Caitlin, what would you suggest to someone who's perhaps like struggling with trying to discern if they are doing these things for God out of the right heart place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing I always look at is my, is obviously your heart. Look, this sounds super cliche. Check your heart. But really, I've even found myself, I'm coming out of a, a really weird season where, um, you know, I, I'm a new mom. And so a lot of my like spiritual disciplines or the practices that I've liked to orient my life around have looked so different. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they do not look like what they've looked like in any other season. And so, um, I've, I've felt in my heart, I can feel that guilt of, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing these things. I'm, you know, and I kind of go into this spiral of guilt, which makes me honestly not even want to go at all. And mm-hmm. when I'm feeling that guilt and I feel like I, I cannot come close to God because I don't have my stuff together, I know immediately like, okay, what, what basis are you standing on right now? Are you standing on the basis that, um, you have to earn your, your salvation. You have to earn the right to come before God because that will produce in you guilt and this need to, you know, build a bridge to get your way to him. Or are you coming and standing on the righteousness of Jesus that has been paid for you, that you can come, whether you have it together or you don't knowing that 
there is nothing that I could do or not do to undo that salvation. And so um, I'd say just kind of looking in and saying like, huh, what am I, what am I sensing right now? Am I coming from a place of guilt or am I coming from a place of freedom? And so even just getting to, to check myself with that and be like, you know what? Like this season has been, been really crazy, but I am free to come to him. And you know what? How beautiful that maybe he's inviting me into something different that maybe, yes, it doesn't look like having a 45 minute uninterrupted quiet time, but what could he be inviting me into right now? And so even that curiosity and excitement, that's freedom. That's going, oh my gosh, he still wants to meet with me. Like he has something for me here versus the guilt of like, oh my gosh, well, I might not even, might as well not even come at all. (laughs) So I think just really seeing like, what am I feeling? What basis am I standing on right now? Is a good question to kind of ask in those moments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love to think of it too, that we are going to be all throughout our lives in these different seasons, sometimes Mm -hmm. where we have a lot more time to, to pour in and sort of settle in and have more time to read God's word and and sit in his presence. But what I love is uh, the book, Practicing the Presence of God. And he talks about just really celebrating the presence of God, no matter what you're doing, whether it's washing the dishes or uh, taking your dog for a walk or whatever it is that you have to do in that particular season of your life. It's not always going to be, you know, I think maybe what you stereotypically think of as a Christian sitting there with your Bible reading in your quiet time with a candle on (laughs) Yeah. you know <laughs> on your lap and, yes um, so we have to um to keep that in mind and mm-hmm. so I love though that just that you're really transparent and I feel like that's a great quality about your book is that you you're just very authentic in how you sort of navigated um, your different experiences, which really makes your book relatable to like, okay, I'm not the only one like who thinks like this or yeah. does these things. Yeah. I'm glad to well, hear that. I want to <laughs> jump into what you talk about as the four false gospels mm. that keep us stuck in these cycles of striving. Yeah. Help us understand um, what, what those are. Yeah. So this is definitely not an exhaustive list, but these were four kind of false gospels I saw in my own life and in um, the lives of those around me. So I'll just kind of run through them real quick. But the first one is called the DIY gospel. And so it basically debunks this common rebuttal of, but I'm a good person, right? We hear that all the time. It kind of debunks that. So the heart of this false gospel ultimately proclaims that the righteousness that I bring to the table is enough. And that I have no need for the righteousness of Christ. (laughs) So that's the first false gospel. Um, The next one is the so that gospel. And this one gets me. This is the one that I seem to get trapped in the most. Um, And so it functions on this input output system where if I live a good moral life, then I should be blessed with a good life in return. And this gospel proclaims the good news that we can find security in our good moralistic sacrifices because we believe that God's going to repay us by maybe shielding us from suffering or discomfort. And so basically you can enter, enter, enter whatever belief into this kind of equation. I do blank. 
so that God will blank. So that's the so that gospel. The third is the gospel of grit. And it's essentially this idea, not of works-based salvation, but more like works-based sanctification. So God did his part by saving me, but now it's my turn to live better, do better, and change myself into the image of Christ. And so this gospel or this chapter that goes over this gospel talks a lot about the Holy Spirit's role in our life um, and what effort looks like. And then the last one, I would say this is the false gospel of my generation, (laughs) maybe more other generations, but it's called the you do you gospel. And this one paints striving in a totally different light. So this false gospel comes into play when we hear the good news about grace and maybe not swing to the, the side of rigid rule following or legalistic tendencies, but instead to kind of assume that our job is to totally disregard discipline, spiritual practices and morals, and almost swing to the other side of the pendulum thinking, phew, I'm finally free of all that. And we might conclude that striving only happens on one side of this pendulum, but the truth is, is it actually is on the other. And this perspective will lead us away from Christ too, because anytime we're operating out of our flesh, it'll lead us to strive because we're not living in the freedom that we've been made for. Both sides will keep us enslaved to our flesh. And so those are kind of the four false gospels that can keep us stuck in these patterns of striving. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to people who are reading those four and a particular one resonates with them? Like how, what tips or advice do you have for them to kind of recenter themselves on the correct gospel? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, each one of them kind of has its own little caveat. Like it, it has, they all have different hooks, different bait, right? And so I would say maybe listen to the descriptors, which everyone, you know, pointed out to you. Um, so let's say maybe, you'd say the you do you gospel stuck out to you is maybe looking at what's the lie in this gospel. Maybe write it down to identify like, what is the specific lie that this gospel um, makes this gospel attractive to me? And so writing out the lie, and then I'm always a fan of like, I don't know what they call it in counseling, cognitive therapy. I don't know, but like, what's the lie? What's the truth? (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. taking that lie and then going, okay, like I'm going to, invite the Lord into this and go, okay, so what is the truth that counteracts this lie? What is the truth that I can grab on when I want to be hooked in by the the narrative of this false gospel? What is this gospel offering me that I need to find in Christ? And so I would say like, pick out whatever the lie is and then invite God into showing you what specific truth do I need to fight that lie? Excellent. That's awesome. And it, it seems like in your book, in these sections, you have reflect and respond questions. So have you seen people like doing this together, maybe with some other group members and maybe, you know, just hearing their feedback or what they see in you and Yes. It's been really cool. I actually, I love when people take pictures. I had a a woman send me a picture the other day. She had like marked up one of the pages. It it had a bunch of scriptures, different agreements that um, you can cling to and put up around your house, but she had just doodled everywhere in them. And so I love seeing that. And then I also had a, um, a small group of women who were meeting 
in studying this book. Um, and so it's been, it's been really cool and humbling to see other people read these words and get to do it together because then you know each other's pitfalls. <laughs> I think that's the great thing is you talk about stuff like this. And then when you meet together, they're like, Hey, when I heard you talk, like I noticed that you're kind of falling into um, mm -hmm. the ways that you used to think in the, in the ways that you asked us to hold you accountable to tell you when you're, when you're going back to that place. And so, um, mm -hmm. yes, it's absolutely things that people are doing in groups. And, um, I've got a little guide that small groups can do together and walk through the book together too. So that helps. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, how would you encourage listeners to ultimately remember that their identity rests in the finished work of Jesus on the cross? Yeah, I think a good way to remember is again, I, I think it's crazy throughout the Bible, how often God tells people, remember, 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 because why would he need to say it that many times if we did? <laughs> so I think one way that I practice remembering is just by taking an inventory. And so asking myself two questions that will kind of lead me to see where my heart is. And so two questions that I kind of ask myself and that I would encourage listeners to ask is the first thing is what things am I letting disqualify me from receiving the truth of the gospel, right? So um, if you make some, you make a mistake, sin, hurt somebody, even after you've reconciled and you go into this mode of, oh my gosh, I messed up. And now I have to make up for these things by being really good and doing a little bit of extra. You are letting those things disqualify you from receiving the truth of the gospel. And so taking note and going, okay, like, this is not true. What does the gospel say about this? And then going back so you can stand again on the finished work of Christ. But another caveat of this, so that's the first question. What am I letting disqualify me from, from the grace? Or hold on, let me say that again. <laughs> what things do I let disqualify me from the truth of the gospel? But another question we've got to ask is, what are the things I'm using to justify myself with in place of the gospel? Um, so these are just things I call them pretty little justifiers, but they're things that we do that cause us to breathe out a sigh of relief and go, oh, okay, you know, I'm not that bad. <laughs> or like, this is kind of my saving grace. I'm doing a really good job this week. Could be our good intentions, our experienced biblical background, our kind demeanor, our wisdom, involvement in ministry, you name it. Just things that we are using to justify ourselves before God, but they can't. And so I would say, hey, are there any things I'm letting disqualify me? From the gospel or are there things I'm using to justify? And anytime we're in either of those places, they will both have us running um, on a never ending treadmill of striving that asks you to prove and it'll never stop. And so I'd say regular, regularly taking inventory of those things so that you can identify them, but then go and stand on the identity that Jesus has given you. Um, but those are just yes. two questions that are that are good for me to go. Oh, yep. Doing that. Okay. What do I need to remember in this, in this moment? Mm -hmm. What comes to my mind too, is just when sometimes people constantly um, relive the past or constantly rebeat beat themselves up mm -hmm. for that. And I just heard a pastor talking about how really that's like not accepting what Jesus has done on the cross for you yeah. when you're allowing yourself to kind of wallow in that shame and guilt. Like that is why Jesus came. We are yeah. sinners and he came to rescue us. Mm -hmm. And so 
I often think back to that message and try to, if I catch myself um, falling into one of those types of things to remember that like Jesus died to pay the price for mm-hmm. that. And of course, yeah. many, many other things, but uh, yeah. I don't want to null and invalidate that. Uh-huh. De- definitely. That's so good. <laughs> Well, our mission here at Coffee and Bible Time is to help people delight in God's word and thrive in their Christian lives. Mm-hmm. Tell us, how does striving keep us from doing both of those things? And how does the, the gospel ultimately set us free to do those things? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love y'all's mission. I love what you're doing um, to get people in the word and delighting in it. Um, I think when mm. we're caught in patterns of striving and earning our drive to achieve, it'll turn that Bible reading into a chore and it'll turn spiritual practices into a checklist for righteousness. And so I think when we have that mindset, our goal again will be to earn something from God thinking, okay, my transformation's all up to me and it hardens us, right? It hardens us up instead of soften us to receive what God has for us. It encourages to put our trust in what we can do rather than in the power of the Holy Spirit who transforms us during that time in the word. But I think when we understand our right standing with God and the role of the Holy Spirit in Bible reading and Christian living, and when we're certain of our identity in Christ, we're freed up to read our Bibles, to pray and walk in those spiritual practices out of this place of delight and desire, um, because it's not about earning something from him. It's about knowing him and enjoying him and letting him lead our lives by his word. Um, but I think it, it I, I do want to say this because I don't think that maybe starting it out, it always feels like, well, I'm just delighted to go do this, that there, there is time where you're like, man, I'm just, I'm like not there. Um, but I'm going to bring myself to, to go and be with the Lord, because I know when I'm there and when I'm in his word, he changes my heart. Um, so again, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's always like, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to read and to, to dive in that. Um, it's not always like that, but a lot of the times the obedience comes first. And then when we're there, we're like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm here because this is good. And Um, And he's able to bring us into that place of enjoying his word to where, yes, we are more so coming out of desire and delight. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how if you can allow God to to sort of penetrate your heart to Mm -hmm. or praying and asking God, you know, give me um, an exhilaration for your word. I want to know more about you. Use it to change me, change my heart, how I'm treating other people. And, um, I've found that over the years, like I do have an excitement. Um, and like you said, it's, it's not a hundred percent every day, you know, the entire year. But a lot of times when I'm reading through a particular book of the Bible, I'm like, can't wait to like, yes, you know, on to the next section and see how God is working in this story um, and how it can encourage me just a simple reading in that day and sort of the trickle down effect that it has then hopefully on other people that you're interacting with Mm -hmm. throughout that day as well. So thanks for, for sharing that with us. What, what ultimately, um, Caitlin, 
uh, you're you're young and you have written this this beautiful book that I think is going to help so many people who are maybe you know grappling with these types of issues. What what's the ultimate thing that you're hoping people get out of this book? Oh man, I think my hope is that you are a freer person on the other side of it because I think that's just just a something God's put in my heart is just that like I've tasted freedom and I'm like, I want more of it. Like I know you have more of it. And so my hope is that you will not live your life bound to anything other than Jesus, (laughs) but like that you would grow more and more free. And that even if you have heard the gospel your entire life, that, you know, you can just routinely say it, that this book will um, reintroduce you to it or just be a fresh take so that it won't just be words that you're going blah, 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 blah. You know, in your head, mm-hmm. I've heard this before, but that it would, it would sit different and that you would mm-hmm. be a freer person on the other side of it um, based on whatever God wants to do in your heart through it. So that would be what I'm, what my hope is, is just for more and more freedom. Oh, that's awesome. I kind of felt like the the four false gospels in there, I kind of thought about it as like, if you're going bowling and you've got those um, kid bumpers that kind of come up that keep Uh keep them in the rails, you know, I have to use those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I love like, just thinking as I was going through each of those, like I can feel like little pieces of me in each of those in some way. And if I kind of think of it in terms of, okay, like regrounding yourself, I think is important yeah. and seeing how you can fall off the rails if you're not clear, super clear mm-hmm. on the gospel and what Jesus has done it for us. Yeah. Um, I think that that's one of the beautiful things about your book is it kind of keeps us alert to watching out for those things um, as we progress in our life over time. That's so cool. I'm a visual person. So I always appreciate a good visual. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, well, well, before we go, Caitlin, thank you. How can people find out more information about you and connect with you and get your book? Yeah, well, I am on Instagram, so you can find me at Caitlin in Garrison. Um, I also have a website, CaitlinGarrison.com. Um, and then if you want to read more about the life of striving and how to break free from that through the gospel and walking in freedom, um, you can purchase Sweet Relief, uh, How the Gospel Frees Us from a Life of Striving. It's on Amazon. It's in the Proverbs 31 bookstore. Um, it should be on um Let's see what else. I'm like blinking any bookstore online through the Leafwood Publishing <laughs> for the Leafwood Publishing website. You can just Google it and you find your favorite retail store and you can purchase it there. Awesome. Well, we will also <laughs> put a link in our show notes too to make it easy for oh, good. listeners <laughs> out there. You can just click on that link. Before we go, I want to ask you some of our favorite Bible study tool questions. Ooh, so let's go. Caitlin, what Bible <laughs> is your go-to Bible and what translation is it? So I have had my She Reads Truth Bible for a, like whenever they released it, I was like, I'm getting that Bible. Um, and it is a CSB or Christian Standard Bible. Um, 
And so love that. I also have like an ESC. Those are kind of my two favorite translations to go through. So that one is my, I'm, I think I'm like, this is my lifetime Bible. Like my mom has had her Bible for decades. It is so banged up, tore up, written in. I'm like, that's what I want. And my She Reads Truth Bible, it's going to be the one. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting there. It's getting there. Yep, it is. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. We will put links to those as well. Do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? I'm always a fan of highlighters. Um, I kind of like to color code different aspects of what I'm reading. Um, Mm -hmm. I went through Jen Wilkins women of the word thing. And she's got a whole method where you can print it out, like do a printed copy and highlight different things. So I like to do that. Um, and I really, I've had like five different Bible study journals and I like aspects from each of them. And so instead of just doing five different ones, I just made my own page that I put when I'm reading my Bible. So it might have like a space for prayer, a space for gratitude, a space for people to pray for a space for what I got out of my um, Bible study that day or something to deposit. And so I usually have my little journaling page that I made because <laughs> it asks oh. the questions I want to ask. <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Uh, lastly, what's your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? Ooh, hands down Blue Letter Bible. I have been using it for years. I love using it for words because I, you know, the reading the Bible is like reading an ancient text. So sometimes those words have a deeper meaning in a more pictorial description than the English word that I'm reading. And so blue letter Bible, I love, I love doing word studies. So that's my favorite. Ah, yeah, that's a great, great um, website. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for being here today to share your book with us and help us break free from the cycle of constant striving. So we appreciate you and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, well, thanks for having Listeners. me and letting me share. <laughs> yes. Listeners, this is your reminder that Jesus is truly the finisher of our faith and he has accomplished everything on the cross and is indeed a relief and really does take the pressure off of those so that we can follow him. So I encourage you, friend, to pick up a copy of Caitlin's book, Sweet Relief, today. We will provide a link in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.